what did we just watch, Amy? We just watched, but I'm a cheerleader. The 1999 teen lesbian rom-com satire um, film. Yeah. The end. <laughs> it's all of those things. <laughs> uh, and these are our first impressions, unrehearsed. Unresearched. Unplanned. Unplanned. Unprepared. Uh, with spoilers. Yeah. So you're, you're uh, nearing the 25-year mark, so, so we haven't watched it yet. You had your chance. I mean, you can still watch it again. You don't have to. You can you can watch it af- before listening to this podcast or after or whatever. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. will say, go watch it. It's a real good movie. It is a fun. It's been on my list of things to watch for a long time. I feel like I have seen it before, but oh. I feel like I saw it on cable in high school, and so I had very little re- recollection of it, uh-huh. other than like the bright blue and pink of the house. Uh-huh. I remember that, and almost nothing else. Um, so, what do you think? I I liked it, but I wanted to like it more. I thought it was going to be better. I oh, think, really? Than, than it was, but. That's interesting. I felt like there were a lot of awkward pauses in the dialogue that didn't feel intentional to me. Hmm. Um, So it felt kind of amateurish in that way. That's really interesting. Um, And it just hits you over the head with stereotypes and didn't Mm -hmm. go any deeper. And um, so... For, and for those reasons. And for those reasons, it was, I'm out. It was not <laughs> as good as I was hoping. I, I, we didn't talk about this, the stereotypes of it, and I understand <laughs> what was going on mm-hmm. and the choice to do it, and I didn't dislike it, <laughs> but I thought it might be more clever. Clever. That's interesting. I thought it was very clever. Um, maybe also because I'm thinking of it as a movie from 1999. Because, um, yes, I think I think if you made the movie today, it would look different. Mm-hmm. Not visually, but, like, structurally. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I mean, you're describing all the things I really liked about it. So, that's interesting. I mean, I get why... I think it's a cult classic now. I think mm-hmm. it's... Um, especially in LGBTQ plus... Oh, yeah. Circles yeah. of film. Because there are... Very few um, gay love stories that don't end tragically yeah. <laughs> in film. There are very few to begin with. There are even yeah. fewer don't that don't end, end tragedy. tragedy. Um, I think I got. I think I got a lot of John Waters vibes, oh, but yeah. but not as good. <laughs> As John Waters. I, I read it as, um, intentionally or otherwise, John Waters without the gross out. Because um, John Waters plays with disgust in his films and a lot, particularly his earliest stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and this was like a PG 13 clean John Waters. It was not PG 13, the film is technically rated R. Um, although if you were to ask me why, I would have a hard time telling you. It got an you. X rating initially. Yes, I was reading about that. Actually, I wasn't reading about that. I saw the movie where they talked about that as well. Uh-huh. I, I'm, I was a big fan of uh, this film is not yet rated, 
which talks about how queer films get rated more harshly mm-hmm. by the MPAA, and this is a classic example of that. Yeah, there's not... I mean, there might be a couple of curse words. Yeah, I think there's some cursing. There's no... I was going to say visual sex. I can't think of the word. It's like explicit sex scenes. There's no nudity. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. So. (laughs) Well, and the stuff they cut looking at the Wikipedia page, like, was not explicit No, it wasn't explicit either. Yeah. It was like (laughs) a hand going down a clothed body. Yeah. Um, Little, little minor things. Things that. Things that were cut that still would have put it in a PG thirteen, yes, realm, in a yeah. in a normal, <laughs> in a normal universe. movie rating universe. <laughs> uh, yeah, because again, other than there was some some foul language, um, it's a very PG thirteen esque film, um, which I think is intentional and deliberate mm-hmm. on the part of the creators who are who are using that as a form of satire, almost in the opposite way that I think John Waters uses disgust as a tool. Um, this film is very crisp and clean and is playing with that mm-hmm. in a lot of ways. Um, yeah. But not, I didn't dislike the no, film. I, don't think you did. Is, <laughs> I I was just Expecting to like it more. That's interesting. I think. Cool. I liked it a whole lot. I really, really enjoyed it. Um, it's. I was I was sort of looking at it from the perspective of. I mean, we should should we say what the movie's about? We haven't said that. I know we don't have to because we're spoiling it, but. Um, it takes place almost entirely within a gay conversion camp mm-hmm. um, called True Directions, um, who is staffed, amongst other people, by Mike, played by RuPaul Charles, as an ex-gay, um, who does not do his best work in this film. I think I think you, he's better than this, but mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and it mostly follows Megan who is the titular cheerleader who has been sent here by her parents and family who are very concerned by the fact that she seems like she might be a lesbian. She didn't know that. She had no idea. She didn't know. So everyone had these thoughts and feelings. Mm -hmm. Um, And I very much, looking at it not necessarily from the lens of the teenage rom-com, which I think it does fine, um, but from like the deeply spiteful satire of gay conversion therapy. Mm-hmm. Um, which is that... I think it, your computer just turned off. I forgot to set the thing. Okay, we're still recording. That's good. Okay. Woo! I am going to tell it I'm going to take, take a moment here to readjust our computer settings. Okay, we're good. Uh, thank you for keeping an eye on that, because it's behind me. Um, I I think it works as a tool of satire that ridicules 
and robs the power from actual gay conversion camps, mm -hmm. which are terribly abusive places. Mm -hmm. And this is a terribly abusive place, but in a very PG-13 way, in a way that um, doesn't actually leave lasting scars mm -hmm. on its participants, and in a way that shows you, the viewing audience, how ridiculous this entire thing is. Mm -hmm. um, which is one of the things, like, I feel like people know that now, but then also, like, there's definitely, like, gender conversion camps out there nowadays that, that are even more explicitly, because the this camp, True Direction, does not do anything to actually make them be not gay other than tell them to not be gay and practice well it it, it tries to impart is the wrong word very strict gender roles yes and as the key to heterosexuality yeah. is that women are housewives and men are football football and <laughs> and cutting logs yeah and Lumberjacks. Lumberjacks. Football lumberjacks. But I think, like, that's very silly, but also it is cutting to the heart of these beliefs about homosexuality that were incredibly prevalent in 1999 and are still relatively prevalent today. Um, so I, I think it works incredibly well at doing all of those things just by doing that satire thing of dialing it all up. Um, you know, forcing them to wear pink and blue clothing exclusively, um, to sleep in a pink and blue house, and it it's showing the lie at the center of these ideas and premises. Mm -hmm. And it's also funny while it does that, and so that works for me really well. Yeah. Um, also, uh, Natasha Leone is a national treasure. <laughs> I, yeah, I was going to say, this is the least Natasha Leone role mm -hmm. I, I've seen her. And granted, I've only seen her in, like, Orange is the New Black mm -hmm. and Poker Face and Russian Doll. Yeah. I'm, and I'm sure I've seen her in films before. I just didn't know who she was. Yeah. She's been in a lot of films. Well, she's, she's had an interesting career because mm -hmm. she did this and Slums of Beverly Hills very close together in the late 90s. Mm -hmm. um, and American one, Pie. And American Pie. All of which should have been like breakout roles for her mm -hmm. but never were. Um, and it wasn't... I mean, she did steadily work in like secondary tertiary roles, but it wasn't really until Orange is the New Black that she kind mm -hmm. of got back into, like, where she should have been the whole dang time. <laughs> Significant leading roles that show what she can do. Um, I don't know that she was technically a lead in Orange is the New Black, but that was a really ensemble show, so it doesn't mm -hmm. really matter. Um, but Russian Doll and Poker Face are, of course, really good examples of that currently. Where she's very much got, like, this New York accent. Mm -hmm. She's very... Um, assertive, mm -hmm. um, just a little abrasive. Uh, yeah, abrasive. 
smokes, drinks. Mm-hmm. And in this, she's the all-American cheerleader. Mm-hmm. Um, she has a different... She's not, she doesn't have an accent. She's mm-hmm. not using the same isms I associate with her, mm-hmm. with her acting today. I see that. So it was very different for yeah. me to see her um, in this role. And just a who's who of actors throughout the whole movie. Um, Melanie Linsky? Lesinski? I, I don't know how to say. I have to look it up. Uh, Linsky. Melanie Linsky. Uh, who is, I, is, again, one of those actresses that's, like, really good and vastly underutilized mm-hmm. in most of her roles. Uh, Clay Duvall, who is famous, but I could not tell you why. Um, she's, I mean, she's, I was looking at her filmography and she's yeah. been in a ton of yeah. stuff. I'm not surprised. I think she also played Natasha Leon's sister in Poker Face. That in wouldn't the surprise last me. episode of the first season. I think you're right. Don't quote me on that because I didn't double check it, but. I mean, I'm looking at it right now and um, it says Emily Kale, which I believe was Charlie Kale's sister. Hmm poker face so i wouldn't have recognized rupaul in this not because he was out of drag because i see him pretty frequently out of drag but just he just looked so different i mean he's 30 years younger yeah (laughs) yeah i recognized the voice yeah um and then i also noticed there was a scene where rock the yes rock the 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 son of of the conversion camp headmistress yeah. was dancing to a RuPaul song. Did you, <laughs> I did was not a catch that was song. a RuPaul song, but yeah. uh, that's great. <laughs> uh, very good choice. Uh, oh, interesting. Um, I'm look, just looking at the cast list now. Uh, Mink Stoll played Nancy Bloomfield, Megan's mom, mm-hmm. who has worked for many years on John Waters' films, mm. um, which is interesting. She was in Pink Flamingos, Female Trouble, Polyester, Hairspray. Mm. She played Tammy Turner in Hairspray, Crybaby. Yeah, she's been in a bajillion uh, John, John Waters, Waters films. Which, uh, again, this is definitely in conversation with. Yeah. And a young Michelle Williams was one of the other cheerleaders. One of Megan's friends that turned her in. Oh. Look at all these famous people. So. Uh, yeah. A lot of famous people in this, uh, this year movie. I don't know that I have a lot more to say about it, other than... I really enjoyed watching it. Um, I feel like it is still subversive. What did you want to say about the stereotypes? What did I want to say about the know. stereotypes? Um, yep. I Well, so obviously it was very, like, stereotype heteronormativity, mm-hmm. which... I, I did find amusing, mm-hmm. especially the sex scenes where they're <laughs> going through like their graduate, 
It's not their it's their final exam. Their final exam is simulated just, sexual intercourse. Heterosexual. Heterosexual. Intercourse. And they're in these little Adam and Eve <laughs> costumes and it's full body suits. Just so without any emotion. Mm-hmm. It it it's yeah. I I was amused. Yeah. I was amused by that. Well, that that's where I was looking at not specifically that scene, but the sort of enforced heteronormativity was where yeah. I was reading like I was like, This feels like Foucault. I had to go look up and make sure that it was Foucault who I was thinking of. Mm-hmm. Um, because one of the things he talks about in history of sexuality is how we're always talking about sex, especially when we're refusing to talk about sex. Mm-hmm. Um and that's what this sort of enforced heteronormativity felt like to me, was this idea that, you know, we can't acknowledge what actual homosexuality is, because, the, the not the movie can't, the movie is very aware of it, um, but the people running True Directions can't acknowledge what it is that actually makes homosexuality, you know, sex with people of the same gender, hmm. and so they have to f- force that outward into all these other spaces that have nothing to do with sexuality or sexual orientation but come to mean that within their contexts so that's why i was looking up foucault while we were watching the movie yeah yeah that's that's some good foucault yeah right there i think uh just it didn't go deeper than those. No, I don't think it did. Like very surface level, and I think just at this point in my life where I'm much more aware of the nuances mm-hmm. and and I've seen those types of ridiculous heteronormative mm-hmm. norms pointed out. Yeah, you see the lines in the Matrix already. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> but twenty years. 24 mm-hmm. years ago, it would have been a very different story. Yeah. I think 24 years ago, I had never heard of gay conversion camps. I barely knew like what it meant to be gay. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I grew up in privilege and some <laughs> shelter. And, um, very, there was a lot of sameness yeah. around me. That's fair. Um, so, I grew up backstage at theaters. I knew what gay was. <laughs> I knew what it was, but I wasn't... I didn't know much. Yeah, yeah. So it would have been very different if I had seen mm-hmm. this 24 years ago. And um, as compared to now. Yeah. What I would have thought about the, the stereotypes. <laughs> yeah, well, it's, it's one of those things that I do think it balances those like heteronormativity stereotypes against what we see is a broad range of queerness in all of the queer characters. I think maybe that's something that was um, getting me out of the stereotypes too, because I did think that there, nothing is deep, nothing is like well-developed characters, but I thought all of the gay men were very feminine Mm -hmm. and that there was one version of being a gay Mm. man versus a few different types of Mm -hmm. lesbian. Uh, They were types. They were not. Yeah. Well, I think, so I think, I don't disagree with that. Um, I think that almost fits into 
the world of True Direction as those are the types of people it is going to recruit almost mm -hmm. as a camp. This may be reading too much into it. But when we ex escape from True Direction in the gay club and in um, the house that she runs away to mm -hmm. um, towards the end of the film, where I think those spaces complicate that a little bit. Okay. Um, you know, the gay couple she sort of runs to for help mm -hmm. as to her parents say, we're going to disown you if you mm -hmm. don't come back straight. And she refuses to come back straight. So, um, in particular, the line where she's like, I need you to teach me how to be a lesbian. Um, and they're like, we can't, that's not a thing. Like, there's not an answer to that. Um, so I think... Again, this might be giving the film too much credit, but I'm willing to give the film a credit because I think it's impressive. The structures of the compulsive heterosexuality within True Direction only brings in certain types of homosexuality. That's that's fair. That's um, that fit a very specific thing, and you can see that with the character I think of Jan being the best example of that, and the sort of subversion of that um, Jan who is arguably the most butch presenting of any of mm -hmm. the characters if that's a term we can use um, she's shown with visible facial hair early on in the film before that gets waxed away um, she's a very close cut mohawk um, she wears very masculine presenting clothes when they're out in the gay bar and two thirds of the way through the film breaks out and says I'm straight like I can't pretend to be gay anymore. I like guys. And mm -hmm. just because I act or perform a certain way, you're making me pretend to be something I'm not. Which is funny. Like a funny subversion of that. But also, like, it's sort of literally the example of what everyone was doing to Megan. Of saying, oh, you do all these gay things, so you must be gay. Mm -hmm. And we're imposing that upon you. Um, and in Megan's case, it's because she actually was. But those are the types of people being brought to True Directions, um, who don't fit into heterosexual gender roles, whereas the the people who are quote-unquote gay but stealth um, are never going to get sent there. Because hmm. they're going to either be successfully in the closet, um, which is not great, like I'm not happy for them for that, um, or don't do things that force people to question their sexuality that have nothing to do with their sexuality. Having a Melissa Etheridge, Melissa Etheridge poster doesn't actually make you gay. Or going vegetarian. <laughs> or going vegetarian. Like, that's, again, one of these examples. So I think, again, I'm giving the movie a lot of credit here, but I'm happy to do so because I think it works really well to this sort of deeper reading. But also, I think you are right that all of the gay men who are participants at True Directions fit into a very narrow span of what gayness looks like. And I think that's about as far as stereotypes. Okay. As... <laughs> you did it. Check that box off. As, as, as I got. Cool. But I have a lot else to say. I feel like that was good. a lot of what I, what I wanted to say. I enjoyed it? I Yeah, I enjoyed it. It's short. It's under 90 minutes. Great. I love that. I love that for movies. Um, I turned into a musical. 
Yeah, I saw that. I don't know. I think it might be fine as a musical. I think we need Broadway. This wasn't actually on Broadway. This was... Oh, it was in like 2005. Yeah, 2005, way back. It got revived in 2019 briefly. Um, probably before COVID. Um I'm just tired of turning movies into musicals. It's gotten very intense in the last like, few years. I mean, this was 2005, so the movie was much more recent, and that was also, like, 19 years ago. But I'm just tired of that. Like, mm-hmm. do something that fits the stage first. Make a... Get on your soapbox. I will, thank you. <laughs> Make something for the stage first. That's my soapbox. Uh... Any other thoughts? I do not have. You gonna tell them about our Patreon? I will try and see if I can remember everything to say. We have a Patreon. It's five degrees. Nope. 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 You forgot it already. <laughs> ruined. Take us ruined. It's slash five degrees. Uh, you can su- support us on a per episode basis. Um, you can set a monthly cap. So if we release too many episodes, you can support only a portion of those. There are two perks for being a patron. One is to get a list of movies we did not watch. Kevin usually comes up with a list of five or so, and I picked one, and it helps both of our anxiety brains Mm -hmm. work. And the second perk is a super-duper unedited, unedited version. Mm -hmm. The moment we turn on the mic to the moment we turn it off. When mm-hmm. we talk to our cat. Like, we don't talk to our cat during the podcast already. I mean, we didn't this episode. No, she just left. <laughs> she just got up and left. Um, and we thank you for your support. We have a website. It's five degrees between dot us. Uh, and rate us and review us on your favorite podcatcher. Did I get it all? Yeah, that's all the things. Okay. Tell your friends. Tell your friends. Say goodnight, Amy. Goodnight, Amy.